Welcome to podcast 292 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt and on this week's pod I'm joined by Dupe, Joe and Mr Madden. Welcome gentlemen, hello. 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 Be 300 soon, Matt. It, well, well we done, count. that's how maths works, yeah. yes. On this week's pod we have a safe focus from whom do we have a safe focus, gents? Have we decided who's who's doing one? Um, Joe, Joe, you've had quite a lot of yeah. action going on. Dupe's had a lot of action going on. Even Mr. Madden's had a lot of action going on. Yeah, so, talk, he so. should talk about his because he's been shit. Dutch Cup. <laughs> Dutch Cup winners. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. So, a, a save focus from Mr. Madden. Oh, shit. And then we're going to be talking about, coincidentally, how to build consistency in FM. Slightly Good inspired link. by real life events of certain clubs. Um, and also from Mr. Madden's. Um, Subtle dip in consistency himself. So, uh, without much further ado, let's let's speak to the Irish one about what's going on in the Netherlands. I was prepared for this. Um, it's totally prepared. <laughs> totally <laughs> knew this was getting lumped on you this week. Only taking um, two day, two days and two hours. No, it'll be quick. It should be quick. We'll talk about the inconsistency in a moment because the most of the inconsistency happened last night when we were on a Discord call and you were there. Um, but where we weren't, well, let me let me go with this. We became consistent in season six, Matt. Basically, we started the new season. Um, we had just finished uh, eighth, or was it eighth or sixth in the league, something like that. Um, I've already forgotten my timelines. But um, so we're going into the third season in the top tier of. Uh, the Dutch Football League, which is the Eredivisie. And we had just signed our boy Tony Magic, as you remember, Matt, the Croatian. I, I'm going to call him a wonder kid because for our level, he's definitely a wonder kid. I haven't really heard of him in anyone else's saves, though. So that's probably something we should check out. Um, so long story short, we had, uh, you remember we spoke a lot about Maurice Krattenmacher. We sold him and Tony Magic was the replacement, Croatian guy. Um, so Krattenmacher went for 16 million. Tony Magic came in on loan with a 2.9 million release clause, um, like an option fee, sorry. So we just took him in on loan originally to see if he'd be any good. And did we bring in any anyone else at that time? There wasn't really. We had just gotten back our new gen, who was Emilio Charmberg. You remember, I think I said to you, Matt, that PSG signed him for his um, release clause of 10.75 million and then offered him back proactively. So we got him back in for the season, which kind of took a bit of pressure off. Um, so as we started off the season, we won a couple of games in the first few weeks and then it went really, really bad. We just completely forgot how to score goals, um, which was, you know, like kind of a really barren period. Normally, like the type of football we're playing is that lovely style where we're winning 3-2, 4-3 and really normally, normally scoring goals, basically, even if we're conceding them, we'll get over that. But we just forgot how to score. So by the time we got to the um, Christmas or the end of the year, we were 13th in the league, which considering the team I have um, kind of put together, some really, really good technically gifted players. They're a really young team in fairness, but just poor when you look at some of the teams above us. So we still had a bunch of that Krattenmacher money left over. Um, so we just went out and completely blew the bank in terms of our record transfer and bought a player who I think we spoke about before here, who is Dion Drena Beljo, um, the Croatian, another Croatian. So it's B E L J O. 
Not you, not you, Joe. You're you're granted. You're cool. <laughs> that, that did, um, I'll be honest. That confused me a little bit. It did take me a while. Maybe to it's Belio. Sure We're going to call Bellio, him Belio. I think it's probably Belio. Belio. Yeah. Um, so I've definitely seen him and a few other people saves. I think he's quite good for mid to low tier uh, in terms of being able to sign him. He comes from a club called Osijek in Croatia. So we spent seven and a half million on him um, in in the January transfer window. And it's been a while since I've had a striker or any player have such an immediate impact, Matt. So we go into January. I'm looking at the schedule. He scored twice. So we lost to Ajax in the first game back in January, which is in mid-January for whatever reason in 2028. I don't know. I think it's a Dutch lead thing. I think they have a winter break. I should know that after six seasons. Um, he scored. <laughs> me, I, can't, I, can't, I don't know. Dude, who knows? He, I was um, only there for a and season. You were only there for years. So we, we signed him. We had the deal agreed before Christmas. So he, he rocked in basically beginning of January. Our first league game was on the 19th of January. Sorry, first league game was the Ajax game, but we lost 2-0. From there, 19th of January, he scored twice. He scored twice again on the 23rd of January. He scored once then on the 29th of January. So by the time the month is finished, three games in two weeks, he has five goals scored. And not only that, but a lot of the other chaps started scoring around him as well. And what's really cool is he started to link up really well with... Tony Magic. So we've got a Croatian inside forward on the left and he's basically linking up with Belgio, um, who's the advanced forward on his own up top. And it just starts clicking. Um, we went on, let me see how many games. We won six games in a row in January and February um, and then had a couple of draws. I'll come back to the league in a moment because then we went over to the Dutch Cup, which is the KNV Becker Cup, it's called. Very, very famous and very elite um, and glamorous. <laughs> So <laughs> you always say that straight face. Yeah, I know. Yeah, almost. Almost. So we've come in to the Dutch Cup semi-final. At this point, Feyenoord are out, and PSV are out. Ajax have just beaten AZ, so Ajax are in the semi-final uh, along with us and two other slightly random Dutch teams. But naturally, we've drawn Ajax in the semi-final. I kind of wanted to kind of hopefully meet them in the final if possible. Um, but we ended up meeting them in the semi-final. Um, this is an Ajax team that has um, Alexis McAllister, Lucas Acampos is there, Duranville is there, surprisingly. Um, Abel Ruiz was up top for them. They've got Pavlovich, the centre-half, alongside Alvarez. They have a good team, especially for the Dutch League. Um, so we're playing Ajax in the semi-final. We opened the scoring in the 13th minute. They equalised on 42 minutes. So we've gone 1-1 at half-time and it stayed 1-1 until we went into extra time and in the 108th minute we bagged a winner through Tjernberg the guy who's on loan back from PSG so we're in the Dutch Cup final so this is at this point we've won six games in a row in the league just won the semi-final of the Dutch Cup and I think I'm not one for tinfoil hats Matt but I think FM decided to go hold on now no 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 we can't have this now this is <laughs> it's getting out of hand a lot, so some weird shit started to happen. We went into the next game a week later after that semi-final. I got a red card in 10 minutes. I got another red card in 35 minutes. We do not play get stuck in. We do not have any type of hard tackling on usually. We lost 5-0 at home to NEC. Is it Nim... 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 Nijmegen. Nijmegen. There we go. Nijmegen. There we go. 5-0 at home after six games in a row that we won in the league and the Dutch Cup semi-final. So that's okay. Two players sent off, suspended, fine. Next thing, and, and I'm not even exaggerating here, in the space of 
let's say two clicks within FM. So let's call it, you know, one to two days. Four first team players injured in in terms of the inbox, like literally players at start for us. Um, a centre half, centre midfield, a winger, and the right back, all out injured for anything between kind of two weeks and I think the longest was like 12, 12 weeks, something like that. So that all happened once. Um, that added on to a few other injuries we had. We had seven injuries at one time and that was the highest in the league. IX were behind us on five and Feyenoord on five. And then there was like disallow goals and all this stuff. So I was like, this game is trying to sabotage us. Um, so we dodgy result there where we lost 5-0 and then we drew 2-2 against Will- Willem 2. And then I was like, okay, here we go. This is the, the standard March, April barren run. Um, but thankfully, this is where Tony Magic steps in and became very much Magic. So he stepped up to the plate and between him and Bellio, they scored something along the lines of like, I want to say it's about 16 goals between them um, to take us all the way up to the end of the season, really. Um, we were eighth going into the last two games of the season and needed a couple of results to go our way. Um, and we were close, you know, we could technically finish fourth. It was that tight. On the last game of the season, we were due to finish fifth the way, you know, let's say with five minutes to go. Um, we were about to finish fifth in the league. And then William do William too scored in the 96th minute. And that put us back into sixth, I believe. And we finished sixth in the league. So that's a really good season because after that, Matt, we ended up in the Dutch Cup final, um, which you probably saw. I, I mean, I put out a tweet last week when I was doing it live, but we went into the Dutch final against a team called RKC, uh, RKC Walwick. So again, all the big guns are out. So we were very confident going into that final. Um, we should have been because we ended up winning it 5-1 and we got the first trophy on the board of the save six seasons in. Happy days, we'll take it. So not too bad overall um, for little old Harlem. What's really positive since then is we've had two stadium extensions and now they've agreed to build a new one. Um, I think that's because we've got Europe on the table now and the Europa League, and Joe, maybe you'll know this or Matt, there's a minim- like there's a minimum stadium requirement, I yep. think, for Europe. And uh, we're on the fringe there. So they're in the process of building a new stadium, which is cool because we started off with a 3,500-seater stadium. Then it went up to five, and I think it's gone up to seven or eight. So they've now agreed to build a new one. And finances are really, really healthy. Um, and we've got some really, really good young players. What has been happening is obviously we're getting bids in, and we we do find it hard to keep them. But the profit we're turning over is ridiculous. So the players we've signed for free or for 200, 400, 600, 800K, we're starting to turn them over for you know a few million here and there. We sold one player for um, 10 million. There's another bids, a few bids that came in for like, 15 and 16 like our right back who we randomly signed for free uh, is Jens Jacobs he's a real player random bid in um, of 16 million or something like that from Feyenoord um, so money wise that's really really good to finish really quickly on inconsistency and that'll be a nice segue uh, we well we were sitting on the discord call last night we I had started the new season we're obviously in the Europa League so the games are coming around fast uh, and hard every week there's two obviously two games three games a week now squad depth still isn't huge we had started quite well I think I had said to you I won three or four games in a row uh, it was around kind of like September October and then I'm trying to remember the other team let me go back and load it up but uh, Excelsior 
we lost 1-0 to them. I think you were watching me play that game live. Joe was giving me live tips. Joe was I helping you make, keep it 1-0. He's helped me keep it 1-0, <laughs> but I mean, you saw it. Like, we, we won the XG battle. That, that, was, that was one thing that did happen. The only thing we didn't do was uh, score. I'll put that um, on a trophy for you one day. And then we, we played a Europa League game. Um, this low is, block with high pressing. He does what he wants. Sexy but football. don't write about that tactic, does he? <laughs> loves, that, loves that gap between mm. defence and midfield. There's no gap smash. Trust the tactic. Lots of gaps. Um, gaps. Uh, what else? So we, yeah. While I was playing last night and we were sitting on the call, I opened I, I opened the game. We drew with PSV away from home, which is fine. Nil-nil. Then we've lost to Heracles 2-1 at home. We lost in the Europa League, and that's the new Europa League format, to a team called Karab- Karabag, who we all discovered are based in Azerbaijan. And then they I did, lost at home to... They played Chelsea a lot, didn't they? Do they? I think they've played Chelsea a few times, yeah. I don't think they've beaten them the way they beat us, because they beat us 2-0. And um, then we lost at home to Excelsior. So like in those three games, I lost two league games at home to what are definitely inferior teams, and a Europa League game to Quarterback, who <laughs> couldn't name you a single player. Um, so we want to talk about inconsistency, Matt. We're going into December. I only won one game in November, and we're back down to 11th in the Eredivisie. What's your tactics, it? mate? It's my tactics, isn't it? Well, that's this week's pod. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just your tactics. That's all you need to know. Breaking news. It's your tactics. So we'll have a look mate. at the tactics. Don't forget about the mate part. I'm nobody's always, mate around here. Mate. Right. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for preluding to our our main topic. But before we get there, uh, we do also have a new article on the website, which is uh, was penned by the wonderful Joseph himself. His Wonder Kid Watch article. Um, any a, a little teaser, Joseph, on, on the article for those that may not have read it yet? He bangs goals. <laughs> Thank you. No, he's re- he, he's a player that I kind of knew I, I knew about him in terms of his move to Wren. Um but when I was at PSG he was topping the goal scoring charts. Now obviously Mbappe had like a five million pound top goal scoring a division bonus. So I like to use him for the Champions League and use uh, Maxi Gomez in the league. So it was a way of stopping him from getting top goal scorer. But this young lad, was he was literally, well, he scored 52 goals in 51 games in the last season I was in France. And he'd had a couple of good seasons. And I thought, Do you know what? He's going to be young when he starts the game. So let's write a little Wonder Kid watch. And I did on Friday night. On playing Arnold FM. Arnold Calimwindo. 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 Little beast. So if you have oh, French Jermaine Defoe is what I compared him to. Quite like that comparison. Um, yeah, so if you haven't read that yet, check it out. Link will be in the description of the podcast. Okay. So back to building consistency. Mr. Madden, are you listening? So no. Um I I alluded alluded to it in the introduction. Inspired by a team in real life. Uh you won't be shocked to find out that it's Liverpool, uh, with them being back one week and then not the following. Uh, we decided to take a look at ways of how to improve consistency of your team's performances and results. So here are our tips and things to suggest that you look at if you aren't, you aren't already. If you are finding yourself struggling when it comes to those all-important results in the league where you 
you seem to just have it nailed. You go and smash a team 7-0 one week and then you lose to the bottom of the league the next. So hopefully listening to this might assist you a bit. So who wants to to kick us off? We'll go with Joseph first. I I have put my finger up, but it was actually for your opening segment there. I think, you know, in light of the whole Gary Lineker situation, we need to be impartial and say that Manchester United were also inconsistent because they had been winning and then they lost and then they won again. And by the time this podcast comes out, Liverpool could have beaten Real Madrid, but that's it's probably not going to happen. Did we want to mention Spurs as well to make sure that we are being totally inclusive? Spurs are shit and, you know. So West Ham. I'm not saying anything about rubber dinghies. (laughs) Probably wise. Okay. Um, So slightly back on topic. Where, Where should we start with this? Um, I think because it could go anywhere. I think you probably start off if it's your team's inconsistency. The first thing that I normally do if I'm struggling, a, a bit like Mad last night, is I mean his tactic is fucking all over the place. So no, he's not. He's going to ignore that because he plays <laughs> sexy football. Um, was that Irish or Dutch? Seen so many instructions. <laughs> that's I how you. Would, that's how you would say it. Sexy, sexy, man. sexy football. Um, I always look at the tactics I'm facing and see see if there's a trend of what's happening. So, you know, if you if you've been fine playing against like a four two three one and you're winning and then all of a sudden you've played three teams that are playing a four four two, you kind of go, Well, maybe I need to do something to counter that four four two. Um in one of my squad views that you can download on five potential dot com. Um in the fixture be in the uh, in the uh, description of the podcast. What she said. Um in the fixture view, there is a view there that will put basically the tactics that you're facing. So it's quite easy just to see, you know, a snapshot of the games you've played and what formations you you faced. So in terms of consistency, looking to see the first thing I do is look for trends to see if there's any reason. So that's that's my first piece of advice. See, for me, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's one of those things that I always find. That, that trips me up with my inconsistency is my defenders and my defense. I'm very good at creating tactics that make sexy football. Um, and also not very good tactics to defend. And when you're winning and you're doing well, it's fine. But when you, when you do have these little laps of inconsistencies and you're finding that it's normally because you're conceding more goals than you score, there's, there's a Michael Owen or a Lee Dixon for you. Um, I just find that, I like to kind of go back to basics with that with that back four and maybe drop one of my my midfielders and make myself a bit more de- defensively sound to then try and see whether that could cause the plug that's causing the leak before it gets kind of too Cause far. the plug that causes the leak. There is the plug that causes, <laughs> stops the leak. Well, like, well, late, for, in, for instance, like in Mad's system, he was using a defender on stopper. Mm-hmm. So it was basically he'd run forward to try and you know intercept, leaving a massive hole behind. Now it wasn't particularly about him not conceding because it was only a one nil game, which was from a penalty. Um, so it was more about converting the chances because you had a lot of chances. Your xG was quite high, mm-hmm. so that part of it you could look at what you're doing in training. Are you doing? chance creation, chance conversion training and things like that. So looking at what is your issue and then can you try and manipulate your training schedules to make a difference? Obviously, we was talking you through changing your tactic just to try and get you a goal back. Um, 
but you know you're pretty much sold on the style you want to play and the formation you want to play so maybe you need to have a look at what you can do in terms of training um, and obviously what you were saying about penalties as well but you never trained a keeper on penalties I have been doing it because of have the you? point I've been making yeah but like yeah he coaches are shit manager shit Joe. you keep a shit yeah well yeah, <laughs> yeah that's your tactics, the first step is admitting it sticking with tactics Joe then so like I get what you mean I mean particularly looking at um, what the opposition are playing right and and definitely that can have a big part in it but I mean as I look at this you know for example we won three games in October one of them was against Athletic Bilbao so that was a pretty good win in the Europa League but each of those three games we won they all three teams had a 4-2-3-1 as did the three teams we lost to just now when I described those three games in a row but my my feeling in this is I think there's an element of whatever about the tactic being shit, I think there's an element of the tactic being stale or predictable because when you keep deploying, no, I, I know for a fact because we've won the cup, we had a good run at the end of last season, we've kind of gone with a pretty much same tactical setup almost every game. So I think there's an element of my, you know, the, the human manager tactic getting, getting too predictable and the AI eventually just getting, there getting is, interpreted. But playing against four two three one doesn't mean you're not playing against Tiki Taka, Gagan Press. True that, true that. Yeah, you know, counter attack. So it's a, again looking at scout reports, you know, mm. and you can have a look and see how they're playing. Obviously, before most games, you'll have a report saying this is the type of football that they play. Yeah. And it's just just taking the time to look at what you're being told and just see if any of that makes sense. Mm. Fair point. It is. And I, I wouldn't do it enough, especially in the Dutch league where you feel like. If you're coming up against the teams you perceive to be inferior, um, you know you're not as inclined to make as much effort versus coming up against an Ajax or a PSV. But like, say you when you was playing Excelsior, if you'd have looked in that scout report, it would have told you where they concede most of their goals, mm. and then could you have done something different? So if it's like, you know, through the middle, you start playing through the middle rather than relying on wide players, you know, or vice versa. So there's things that you can do there. Like you're not using the tools that are available. As you say, yeah, you're just you're right. plug and playing yeah. because it was fairly successful rather than looking for advantages. See, I'm going to slightly counter that point and suggest that actually have it using the same tactic is is inherently a good thing. Like tactical familiarity is a thing. It doesn't mean you have to use the one tactic. You've got three slots that you can get your team familiar with over the course of a season. So a lot of this can probably be built up in your pre-season. And if you are sort of maximising all of that pre-season to learn tactics and I, alongside getting players prepared physically, I'm also you know, playing as many friendlies as I possibly can to make sure that that is bumped up. And obviously season on season, the drop in tactical familiarity is generally reduced once you've played it for a season. Or if you're starting from scratch, it's a bit different. You have, you know, you are, you do start from zero effectively. Um, but I very rarely deviate from one of the three tactics that I've loaded in. In fact, usually I only have two, um, at least to start with. And maybe that will vary as sort of my career goes on. But I try not to deviate too much from the norm. I've got like a my plan A, and if plan A doesn't work, then plan B, and then if all goes completely to shit, then plan C is invoked. 
and usually what they're not largely like they don't deviate too much from one another uh they're because i don't think i don't really enjoy using extremes in fm i you think usually it's a bit too much even like going like what used to be gung-ho but very attacking gung-ho doesn't really great times <laughs> doesn't yield what um what you want it usually yields the opposite of what you want it just leaves enormous gaps um not that I don't disagree with you either, Joe. I'm just adding that, like, I think tactical familiarity is particularly strong in FM, much like morale is, um, and making sure that you are your players are used to the way that you want them to play is uh, like it tells you in your dynamic screen how how important not only the morale is, but how um, the the extra bonuses you get from playing a familiar tactic. I've said words. Tweaking that, is bad. Um, <laughs> well, it's 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 like what Joe's suggesting is that you make logical tweaks based on the feedback from your staff. What what you don't want to be doing is making random tweaks that you think will work based on reasons. If they if they say they've conceded a lot of their goals from corners at the near post, then you go, I'm going to try and play near post corners, play for set pieces. Exactly. You know, it's just just making. You know, they always say, don't they, keep it simple, stupid, is, is the rule, you know, with tactics. And that's the thing, like, just making little tweaks for that, that basically a match plan is what you're doing. Not not tearing the script up and doing it all again. You're just making little tweaks to take advantage of the opposition. Like, when we said, look at the centre-halves, look at the defensive midfielders, look for the ones that have got low bravery and composure, and then try and trigger-press them and tackle them hard to kind of win the ball back quickly and then try and get them on the transition. It's little things like that that you're doing you just call against it, each opposition. Mar- marginal gains, is that what you call it yesterday? Uh, yeah, I suppose, I suppose you would yeah. say, yeah. It's, 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 it's the tiny little one percenters that make yeah. a big difference yeah. across the whole game. But it also, it's the things that also add up to a better team performance. Like, if you are playing, particularly, like, using your team's example, which because that's kind of... One of the things that has sort of been born of this entire like topic this week, but you played a, a relatively high pressing game. Your defensive line kind of didn't marry up with the rest of that, and you end up pl- you ended up plugging a gap with by having a defensive midfielder dropping deep and then having a centre half push up to try and. Like, but the whole point of having a, a lower line, your at least in your justification for it, was that it was to prevent the balls over the top being an issue. But you would only effectively have one player who was really impacted by that because you're, especially when it came to defensive, the the defensive transition where you're most likely to get caught out by that because both of the fullbacks were on attack. Mm. You've then got one centre half pushing up. You've got one centre half who's just who is basically your defensive line. It it didn't really make much sense, but that that's not really. But I'm just digging you out. But um, there wasn't really the point I was starting to make. It just started going. It's football manager, match. No, 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 that makes sense. Uh, yeah, but but, um, <laughs> but you're right, the you're right. it the the point I was make uh, that we we're saying about marginal gains of uh, making sure you're closing down like the the weaker minded centre halves and the more influential players in midfield of their midfield. If you're playing particularly high intensity pressing. And you're using those effectively as pressing triggers. You're more likely to gain the ball higher up the pitch anyway, because you're telling those players press on them, make sure you make them 
make mistakes. Either you win the ball higher up or they have less time on the ball. They're both going to uh, impact your defensive play positively because you will, you will either end up getting the, a better scoring chance out of that potentially or being at least in possession of the ball further up the pitch away from your goal in the worst case scenario or you force them into playing a poor pass or reducing their choice of passes so it means that someone isn't able to dictate the game from deeper um, so yeah loads of advantages there but the um the one thing that I didn't suggest, actually, that we perhaps should have, because we said that you, you're on a positive mentality. One thing we didn't suggest, which we maybe we could have, rather than pushing for the goal, we should have perhaps said, actually, try dropping your mentality back instead of of pushing for that extra goal. Um, I'm, I'm very much, a f- and I think this year's game is a bit different to previous years, where I think you were rewarded for playing high-pressing football and a like a high mentality, whereas this year I think you can actually effectively play on the counter a lot more, or a lot more easily. And it, whereas I don't think it's really been an effective strategy since like FM sixteen, maybe even seventeen. I'm not sure if anyone agrees with that or not. Well, it would the reason obviously when he changed from work ball in the box, shorter passing, lower tempo. He changed that. Take he took work the ball off. Uh, work ball into the box off. He uh, he increased his directness of passing, so you don't really want to be lowering your um. What's the word? It's gone out of my head. Mental no. Mentality, yeah, mentality. Yeah. Sorry, um, because if he was keeping work the ball into the box and still short passing, you could have taken that mentality down from positive to balance, even cautious, and they would have just held onto the ball more, and then waited for that one opportunity. Obviously, we went a little bit more aggressive. Chasing the game, yeah. Trying to pump the ball kind of up the field because you were getting lots of chances. But mate, you know, on the flip side, you could have gone, well, we got loads of chances and done fuck all with it. Maybe if you'd have just got two or three clear-cut chances, they might have done better with them. So it's, it's kind of, as I say, it's all, always doing nothing, you probably get nothing. So you have to kind of take a risk of what way you're going to go. Yeah, and I think the general the general rule of thumb is defensively solid, increase the mentality and you, if you're struggling to score and if you're struggling to defend or keep clean sheets then try drop, dropping it. But though those those don't necessarily have to be rules of thumb. They're good guides, but they you can flip them quite easily um and use the like the opposite mentality depending on what you're trying to do. It sounds sounds kind counterintuitive, but obviously it also depends on the type of team you're managing. If you're expecting to win every game, teams will naturally set up more defensively, so you probably might get a bit more mileage out of playing more counter-based mentality because then you're teasing the opposition out and creating space for yourself rather than just a, you know battering them into submission, which if it hasn't worked for 70 minutes, there's a chance it's not going to work for 90. Are we uh, are we able to talk about or we'll discuss a little bit about the personnel rather than the tactics as well? Because uh, absolutely, a big thing that Manchester United have kind of they've been said is with Casemiro that rock in midfield, it, it's done so much for for the team, the leader. Uh, something that Joe always states to me when whenever I tell him I lost the game, he's like, "You've got no leaders because I always buy young players." So you know, 
are we when we buy in these players are we bringing them in because they are going to be a leader are we checking their scout reports to see if they like big matches etc etc big matches is always a good one to look for i think that's an important important maybe that's your bonus part of your kind of player if he enjoys big matches but i think the consistency report that you get from your scout report that will show you kind of what you what to expect um, and it, you can improve their consistency by morale, by game time. Um, I was kind of having a little look on the forums, and even Seb has said that, and it isn't age-related either, because um, someone said, oh, is it up to the age of 24 when development kind of slows down? And he said, no, it can be the whole way through. So if you have a look at the players that are in your squad, and if they if they do lack consistency, and it, it it's the same thing, it's a hidden attribute, 1 to 20, um, and I think he, I think he quoted it as saying something like, "If they're twenty for consistency, you might get four out of five games they'll be at their top level. If you had one for consistency, it's like five percent. So it's kind of like it's a very much a sliding scale of how good they will be. So it's have a look um, at the scout report, see what you get. It's obviously similar to what standard attributes are like. You know, it'll be red if it's bad, and then it'll go up to green." Um, obviously if it's strong but things like if they have a bad match make sure that you warn them um, whether you find them that you can either issue a warning or you can find them I wouldn't go too far in like weeks worth of wages but maybe like half a week's wages for poor performance but equally if they're training well or they play well make sure you're praising those players because that's how you can start improving them so it, it works both ways it has to be a balance if they play well praise them if they're playing badly you know, give them give them a warning, and that way you can probably develop that consistency attribute up. You know, as the player develops. The thing is, this is this isn't sort of this conversation was extent is an extension of something that was started by Duke posting a screenshot of a player he signed in his one of his offline saves, looking at attributes at face value, not taking account in like any scouting reports. I said. You've you've overspent on that player. I think I said pulled. You had your, pull, your pants pulled down okay. like, for the amount I that won't you paid. Reply what I said, and then and then <laughs> probably probably wise. <laughs> but then but then his performances. I'll let you wax lyrical about how good he's been, and also the scout report that you got back for him. Yeah, I mean he's been awesome. I'll be honest. I am kind of now got feel a bit of a mission to make sure I have those stats. He's now on penalties. He's on free kicks. He's on corners to try and up his assists and all that jazz. Just you need to, to name him. Wrong, you basically. need to give the name by the way um, for, for the listeners. The name. Who is uh, it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll be honest. You're probably right. I probably have overspent. So it's um, Javi Simmons from PSV, right? Uh, used to be PSG. Used to be Barcelona. Um, very young in my save. I'm, it's, I'm in 2026. I bought him at 23 uh, for fifth uh, for 100 million pounds. He's not a 100 million pound player. However, he's 100. He's 100 plus potential in my eyes. Um, I, you're right. I didn't even scout him. I just I, I had a, an initial scout report on him, so I saw most of his attributes, and the attributes that I saw was what I wanted technique vision passing you do you do buy on attributes though, a lot don't I you? do that's yeah. how you that's how you build a squad is by attributes you don't ever look at the scout report no because matches and consistency I, and things like yeah, that yeah I know I agree and and that's probably a downfall for me at times but 
I think for me, I don't even look at their position, their role. I, I look at the, the attributes and I'll, I'll say, right, he's going to play that position for me. He's going to play that role. I always, whenever I buy a player, I all in the, you know, when you do like the contract promises, they're like, oh, I want to play this role. Nah, you're not playing. You'll play the role I tell you to play and the position I tell you to play. But you're right. And now I have just, as we were talking about it, and I've had a bee on my bonnet without him all, all afternoon since we've been playing. He's dropped some bangers. Um, he's had player of the match twice. He's uh, he scored a couple of goals. He's got a lot, a couple of assists on five games into the season. And he's done very well. So I thought, oh, as we're talking about it, I'll just jump in and look at his uh, his scout report that come back. Um, first and foremost, classism as a world class player at the age of uh, 23, which is pretty good. It says he is a consistent performer and he relishes big matches. There you go. Here we go. See, the thing now would be, has Mad got his football manager open? Yes. What What are your players looking like that played last night in terms of their consistency? Mm. It'd take me too long to check it out, though, wouldn't it? Well, this is really interesting. Whilst you no, have a quick just, look, just ran, randomly pick, Just randomly pick someone, like a striker. Okay. We'll look at my, my inside forward on the right. He's Latin Mackey, Finnish boy. He's, he's, he's not only <laughs> Um. So, what do you want to hear about his form? Where do you want me to look, Joe? No, no, just like he's so scout report. He's scout report. So, reports. whilst he does or that, can coach, I just say, I don't look at scout like the scout reports for this thing for the pros and the cons. However, the whole of my back five, including the goalkeeper, they are all consistent performers. So I mean that is luck. That's pure luck. But <laughs> I'm just going through my eleven now. At the moment, I am five for five. So what I've got Six for this for chap is performed well in training lately, showing an improvement in his game. Fits in well with the majority of the squad, making excellent pro, making excellent progress, developing a trait. Complain a couple of positions. Uh, plenty of room to improve. Then on the cons, doesn't feel comfortable playing in big matches. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there we go. No. <laughs> Consistency. Consistency. Um, do, 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 do. Inability to make the right decision at the right time. Sometimes um, doesn't. Uh, oh, hold on. Yeah, uh, susceptible to injuries. Oh, at the bottom, fairly inconsistent performer. Yeah, see, that's different. So there we go. So out of that eleven that I've just constructed, one of them um, has a con of needs work on becoming more consistent if he is to, to is if he is to develop further it's interesting because like this guy in particular right he, we've had him for two or three seasons so last season 30 games seven goals six assists 7.1 rating which for me isn't bad it doesn't but say that he is an inconsistent he's yeah it's yeah Fair he point. can be good yeah but then that that's where you can start looking at Praising him for performance, like when he's doing well, praise yeah. him. But when he's playing bad, warn him. You know, and see if you can. It's like it'd be worth taking a screenshot of that now, and seeing if you can Get over the it. season or increase it. Challenge accepted. I, th I mean, I, I think this is uh, a, a good place to sort of stop here, really. But that is because I think that's we're right at this shit sometimes, aren't we? Yeah, I I'm think not. sometimes we're actually quite good. Like, and, and also because how long have you been playing like, this game, Med? I prefer not to speak. He's, he writes about it as well. <laughs> when he, they, when he, he always yeah, pretends yeah. to know so fucking. This is much. why he doesn't do tactics 
he, well, he, that's he, what he said last uh, night, and he said it. He does not. But I do not do tactics blocks. I, I don't pretend to be good at the game. You I mean, can, you know can, I, can I just say that I, I after he stole if, the game off his mate. <laughs> yes, we were. If we were able to uh, get a scout report for Mad, I think it would under the cons it would say not a very Irish. consistent performer on FM. <laughs> about me? <laughs> do I want, do I want yeah, one of my misses as well? Mad. <laughs> I can call no, Sophie. No over wonder that Northern Boys took the turn that it took. <laughs> no, we don't talk about that. But anymore. I think it it highlights that because consistency is a hidden attribute that unless you are paying attention to coach reports or scout reports for prospective players, you won't necessarily find this out until after they play a few games for you. I will add as well, it depends who's giving you that coach or scout report and what their attributes are to how you know reliable it can be. So it, it can be worth sometimes changing who gives you the reports. Wesley so Schneider. You, yeah, see. Chief. But again, what, what are his attributes for like judging... Current ability. Tell you now. There's had a judge takeaway at the moment, Faye. He is. Oh, he's like ten and eleven. Wow. There you go. So, not have you got any other coaches that have got? Yeah, I'll have to have a scout. Yeah, I'll have a flick around to see who's got a better, better kind of mental attributes. I mean, he's probably not wrong because he was shit that player last night. So. <laughs> he was. We find him. I find him. Um, Half a week's wages straight You away. weren't going to, though. You weren't I going was. to. Since, oh, I find him last week. You, yeah, well, maybe you should find him all the time. Since we, pod that was, uh, <laughs> since we did a pod that was <laughs> basically about drive. Matt finding them. Matt just likes to have a beer with them all after the game. He, he just he just wants to be mates with them all. Friends. <laughs> He's not my fucking friend, all right? Football friends. But, Matt, I think that's something that we, uh, we could dive into deeper. I think you said about it pre-pod that um, kind of talk about how we all I mean we all scout and we all do our stuff all very differently so it'd be quite nice to kind of we do learn a lot when we talk to each other about it mainly to be fair from Joe but but to be fair like I would say I very rarely look at a scout report because I don't care no if I want to buy someone I buy them Mm. and it's only if like when you're managing Liverpool PSG it doesn't really matter when you're managing a made up team in Holland you, know, you probably want to pay attention because well no but the money you're spending it matters it matters you know, yeah if I go out and drop 50 million on a player and he's shit you just put another 50 million pound player yeah. in you're you're looking at two three million pound players their personality their well like their hidden attributes basically are important because their actual attributes aren't going to be as good as another player guarantee. and there's no guarantees either be Scout fine, better, basically. Sack Wesley. That, 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 that's your homework. He's the assistant manager, but he's assistant to the manager. I don't know. He's an oh, I'll give you. I'll give you just a very quick one there. When I was at Stoke, so I had Oli Gunnar Solskjaer was my assistant manager. Um, but I, you know, obviously when you have opposition instructions, you can just say, ask assistant's advice. Mm. So I normally, when I'm looking for an assistant manager, want an, an assistant who's got good tactical knowledge. Because normally I'll just go ask assistant to put the just the, the generic opposition instructions on, you know, and then I'll go and tinker it from there. But I changed it from Ollie to Mark Bowen, I think it was, because he had a really high tactical knowledge. So it's things like that, like you don't, the default, you know, who's giving you the results. Sometimes you'll get feedback, like on players' development from 
like your head of youth development or a fucking physio or something like that. So go into the responsibilities and actually look who's giving you that feedback because sometimes it could be from someone who's chatting absolute mad, yeah. mad stuff. It's like mad, yeah, right mad, mad FM, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it is it is worth just checking where you're getting the information from because it's not always gospel. Now I don't know how how gospel that is in terms of FM because you might just get the same reports back. But I always make sure whoever's giving me that feedback it's from the best person that I've employed. Same. Unless you're non league and you don't have a choice. Yeah. And that um, is clickable, isn't it? You can, when you go on a scout report, you can click top right hand corner. Yeah. And yeah. you can set it in responsibilities who's giving yeah. you the report. Who's giving it to you, mm. but you can, you can change who, mm. who gave it, right? It's responsible for different parts. Yeah. 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 Do we have a quiz? Yes. We do have a quiz. There we go. It's time for the quiz. Are we working together, Mad? No. No, you've been ganging. You've been ganging up on me Say for the last forty-five folks. minutes. So you, it's, it's time Hang to on. break no, up. No, 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 Mad. Don't take it as a personal man. attack. We are helping you. <laughs> Even his missus threw tea at him yesterday. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's she, why we couldn't do the pod last night. Everyone hates you. She agrees yeah. with my inconsistency, Joe. Don't worry. She well, hates you, and she has to sleep with you. I trust her. Um, I trust her reports as well. She's quite consistent. <laughs> he also likes dislikes big matches. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> big matches. He likes to work work balls into the box. What? Did you put them oh. in as well? <laughs> as an in between as reference for you. My dynamics are in the middle. That's right. I might watch that again. You know, that's good. So, chaps, we'll do a quiz. I'm going to separate you for this quiz this week. Um, by the time this podcast goes out, you may know that uh, we will have celebrated a little Irish holiday called St. Patrick's Day. So we're going to be doing a St. Patrick's Day themed quiz this week. You're welcome. I know, especially for you lads who have a, an affinity for the Irish in particular. Um, you know who you are. That'd be none of us then. All the lists. Well, I, I do like a good driveway. Which um, which island is it, man? <laughs> Let's start with question one. Robbie King. <laughs> question Shake number it. one. So it's the theme. The theme is St. Patrick's Day. They're not all just Irish places. So, uh, St. <laughs> Patrick's then. <laughs> question number one. A player who shares the record for the most Premier League red cards in history. Richard Dunn. Incorrect. Oh, dupe. Dupe. Roy Kane. Incorrect. Dupe. Patrick dupe. Vieira. It's not Patrick, really Irish. Fuck. Patrick Vieira is correct. Fuck. So are, they all, are, are they literally all Patricks? No. Patrick is my name, Matt. Remember that? Um, Do you remember when Curtis called you Patrick? Patrick Curtis still doesn't Do you remember my that? name. Question number two. Which player was Neil Warnock referring to when he said the following? One of the best signings Joe. I've ever... Paddy Kenny. Shall I finish the sentence? Yeah, go on. One of the best signings I've ever made. I think he's one of the best goalkeepers in the game. I wouldn't swap him for David James, Chris Kirkland, Paul Robinson or David Seaman. It was, of course, Paddy Kenny. Well done, Joe. Straight in there. Um... So Apparently, two two with the Patrick. Neil Warnock also said the first thing he did was put him on a diet. He was eating burgers, pizzas and chips. And that was in the same day. And that was just breakfast. 
Goalkeeping Breakfast. legend, Paddy Kenny. <laughs> Question number three. An ex-Wolves player who was one of 30 players nominated for the Ballon d'Or Award. Dupe. Dupe. Robbie Keane. Incorrect. <laughs> he was, who was one, really? of, one of 30 players nominated for the Ballon d'Or Award after his country won Euro 2016. Dupe. Dupe. Rui Patricio. Rui Patricio, whose nickname is Sao Patricio, which is St. Patrick in Portuguese. Uh, is the correct answer, ex- Dupe? You didn't let me finish, but that's what I was going to say. I knew well, uh, yeah. For justification. <laughs> You're not getting an extra point. <laughs> Question number four. One of two caretaker managers in charge of Arsenal before Arsene Wenger took the reins in 1996. Nerd. Pat Rice. Pat Rice, the correct answer, went on to become assistant manager to Arsene Wenger and went on to win the double and the undefeated like season, etc. <laughs> I think it's just Ben's now. Declan. Uh, next question. Name me the biggest stadium in League Two. Dupe. Dupe. Valley Parade. Valley Parade. Correct. St. Patrick's Day Parade. Gets you a point, Dupe. That's fucking great knowledge. That was 10 US at best. <laughs> Fuck me. Let's get the same name, Arnold. Name Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you Google to get the answers for this, Dupe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced Dupe has access to my like Google Sheets. Swindon Town's got the second highest. <laughs> Bradford City's got the highest. League two. It's just knowledge I know. Question number six. The youngest ever player to score in a Champions League final. It's the youngest ever player to score in a Champions League final. Dupe. Dupe. Shit, no. Give us a clue. I can tell you this player became the youngest player to score in a Champions League final when he scored the winner for his team in the 85th minute. I can give you the year which was the 1995 Champions League final. I mean, that rules me out. It's not Pavel Nedved, is it? Incorrect. I do like the idea that Pavel is Czech for Patrick, but I don't know if it is. (laughs) Check it. Way! Bloody hell. Check it. Uh, I don't even know who was in it. I'm assuming you were in it for that shout. I can tell you he scored the winning goal. In a one oh, Patrick Cliver. Patrick Cliver. Oh, you bastard! <laughs> <laughs> he got it just before. Matt's hands were in the air, but he couldn't get the words out of his mouth. It was Patrick right. Clivert who came off the bench for Yari Littmanen and scored the winner in the 85th minute against AC Milan in 1995. Bastard. Great shout, Joe. Oh, felt like I had an aneurysm trying to get that out. Newcastle player in there, wasn't he? He wasn't bad for Newcastle, in fairness. Better than Michael Owen. Um... This is question number seven. This player won the Champions League in 2008, two years after losing the Champions League final with his previous club. So Patrice Evra. 
Oh, Matt, straight in with the Patrice Everett. Do you know, what, do you know the first name that came to my head? Paddy McNair. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right. who the fuck did he lose it the year, two years before? Uh. Right, that was question, it's pretty even, lads. I think Dupe is on three, Joe's on two, and Matt's on two. We're on to question number eight. Three, three, three. I want you to name me the club who won League Two last year. Fuck. wasn't Forest Green Rovers, was it? Forest Green for St. Oh, Paddy's for Day. Bloody hell. Forest I'm trying Green. to think how you get it into these St. Paddy's. Like. <laughs> Forest Green, famously known yeah, as a club managed going, by Dupe. They're going FM, down. FM, was that FM 18, Dupe? Throwback. Uh, seven, yeah. Thanks for listening. Question number nine. A current Premier League striker who won the Championship Player of the Year award in 2015. Patrick Bamford. Joe is in with the Patrick Bamford on question nine to give him a one point lead. And now we're going to head for question 10. Last question of the quiz. quiz. This is a former football manager wonder kid who this season has signed for his hometown club Como in Serie B. Patrick Catroni. Man like Joe in for Patrick Catroni. Dave doesn't like this. (laughs) I thought you'd Google that, Jeff. Zappy's still got the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it is, of course. Pregnant. Do you know what? Um, Patrick Como, Catroni. I follow him on Instagram, and it's quite an interesting little story, but I think they're in FM. They might have changed it for the update, but I'm pretty sure because of the players and stuff they've got, they just go into administration. So they might have changed the it. Now because like Dennis Wise is part of it. Good. Oh, there you go. That's all you Fabregas. need to know. Fabregas. <laughs> of it as well. Fabregas a part owner or something, Fab- isn't he? Fabregas is in there. Yeah. Catroni. They've got, they've got quite a few players that are linked with them. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Be a good little save then, I'm John. pretty sure pre-up there. I haven't checked it. I'm pretty sure because of the type of players they got, they just went to administration because it was just like losing money left, right and centre. There we have it. So, Matt, at the end of that... Matt on two points, Joe on th- uh, sorry, Dupe on three, and Joe out in front on five. I and mean, I can it's tell tenuous, you, but I see can what tell happens you. When, you, when you put a bit of effort in, it's actually pretty shit. Still. I, 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 I can quiz, tell you the tiebreaker. I, I, I didn't even listen to the first question, so I was... <laughs> <laughs> well, give us a tiebreaker, man. The, the tiebreaker was Paddy McNair. <laughs> was it? <laughs> <laughs> Where were we looking at him, Joe? We were looking at him yesterday. Isn't he the before. wrong island as well? Ah, no. it's Paddy. Paddy, oh, St. Paddy. Paddy. He's Northern right. Irish. It's all Irish. We're not into these politics, Matt. We've done this before. Okay? I'm, I'm, just, just, I'm just pointing it out. You said it was right Irish. And you, Joe, why you, were we looking at Paddy McNair? Because you said he's about 28 and he should be about 30. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really young still. He's 33, uh, 33, I think. No, he's not. He's not 33. I'm sure. He's, he's born, he's born in 95. So, so he's 30. Yeah, so he, no, sorry. No, he's, quick maths. He's, he's 28. 28. 28. I don't know where I read like, that. He, he made his, like, oh, the right, thing Jack. that was mad. He's not even 28 yet. Well, he's 28. He's 27 till he's 28, right? He's finished. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but in 2014, right? So he, he was, what, 19? He played 16 games for Manchester United. So it was just like, like I just assumed him to be really, really old. The question I had for you, Dupe, is because Louis van Gaal came out and said that he could be Man United's right back for 10 years and replacing Gary Neville. That went well. And when he's centre-back? 
Yeah, yeah played exactly. <laughs> sure, it's yeah. predominantly played in defensive midfield since. Yep. So that's gone well. Uh, uh, well, thank you for that. Here we Mr. go, Madden. Madden. Sorry, that's and, right. um, happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day to anyone that does celebrate it. I know it's a bit Irish in terms of how like, I, I've never celebrated it. Anyone but can I know get drunk. So, well, exactly. But also some people in America go a bit wild as well because they have tenuous Irish heritage themselves. True. But It's a, it's a Weatherspoons go. party, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they do it at Cheltenham so. quite a lot. Like, that's a big thing at Cheltenham, isn't it? So, we don't have Weatherspoons in Ireland. But do you not? Oh, no. we ain't going to fucking Ireland. Huh? They just have normal spoons. And that's all year round. And on that note, uh, that brings episode 292 to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all our latest Football Manager content including the article that we mentioned about Arnold Calimwendo, which is part of our Wonder Kid Watch series, as well as Joe's very useful views that we mentioned earlier in the pod as well. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There'll be more from us next week. Happy St. Patrick's Day for the last week this summer Monday say goodbye folks goodbye folks goodbye folks